Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here at Total Wine and More, you'll find what you love and love what you find, especially our totally low prices. I'm firing up the grill for burgers and want to impress the neighbors. This Cabernet is sure to take your burgers to the next level. Nice. Wow. And look at that price. Well done. I prefer medium rare. <laughs> your neighbors will love it. Find what you love, love what you find. Only at Total Wine and More. With the lowest prices in the DMV. Drink responsibly, B21. You like jazz. Your passenger likes country. You settle on blues. This is the only kind of compromise you can expect inside a Lexus hybrid vehicle. That's because a Lexus hybrid is designed to go beyond compromise. Go far without having to recharge. Go fast with a formidable gasoline electric powertrain. Go with all the luxury of a Lexus. So, if you ever find yourself compromising in a Lexus hybrid, it won't be our fault. Click the banner to discover more. Lexus. Experience amazing. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Suzanne Wyman, the Deep Psychic. Welcome, and thank you for joining me. Please think about the commentary <clears throat> that I'm going to be discussing today and how it relates to you. I want you to feel included and know that if this conversation resonates to you, who you are, what you are, and what you're about at this point in time in your life. Consider yourself included in that information and understand that you are part of something greater than yourself. The universe is connecting to you. So I've been doing psychic readings since 1982, and <clears throat> my favorite specialty, of course, is dreams, and I love all the aspects of dream interpretation. So today we're going to talk about the talk about dreams, the everyday dream process. It rests in your first chakra. Some people have memory of dreaming in utero before they are born, the dreams that they had. Um, and this process is so important. It's like a piece of fabric that you carry with you. It tells you about your unresolved conflicts. It tells you about how to connect to yourself deeply. Um, my favorite sources are Alex Lukeman, and his book is called What Your Dreams Can Teach You. It's been republished nine times. It's available on Audible. You can order at Amazon. And Carl Jung. Carl Jung, of course, is the person who started writing and treating people uh, for the conversation of what was going on in their dreams and using it as a method to treat uh, different mental health issues. But Carl, Carl Jung got his material from Freud, and so Freud was the first person to say that dreams were a part of a person's psyche. So dreams, you can call in and talk to me about a dream. I want you to be succinct. I want you to be direct. And if you want to call in and get a short reading, I need you to 
be okay with me doing a deeper reading. These are not shallow readings. These are deep readings. These are readings that take you past perhaps what you've experienced with other psychics. And this is a new way of doing readings. Okay? So a lot of times people ask me about what I do in my work, and I have primarily focused, since 1998, I've primarily focused on doing party readings you know, celebrities and actors and, you know, famous individuals and doing very large corporate readings, short readings. And one of the tools I use is something called psychometrization, which literally means the weight of the soul. So you can access that information through holding keys in your hand and just listening to the information or holding a photograph of somebody, holding a signature a piece of jewelry, and then, of course, this would be the very newest one, and that would be cell phones. Our cell phones, we carry them with us constantly. We talk on them. We text on them. We do our emails on them. And when I hold someone's phone, the amount of energy that I pick up and information that I pick up from that person is enormous. I'm not talking about I read the information on the cell phone. I'm talking about the fact that I hold it like I would hold any other object and simply start talking about the person. So those are, those are two areas that I really feel as if I'm a specialist in. And dream interpretation can be taught. Just about anybody can learn dream interpretation. And psychometrization is another skill that can be taught. Okay, so I'm ready to take my first call in and see if the first person would like to get their deep reading. Hi. Okay. Hi. Um, um, what's your name? What's your name? Stephanie. Oh, Stephanie. How are you today? I, I'm well, thank you. Thank you for oh, asking. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> would you like to ask a question? I would, as a matter of fact. This oh, is good. um. This is regarding my mom. Okay. Um, well, it's regarding me with my mom. My mom lives with us. She is 90, almost 91. She has advanced mm-hmm. dementia, and we mm-hmm. are having her evaluated uh, for hospice because the dementia's gotten worse. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what I need to do to, to release her. And that's not really, it, it could be release her from me or release her from the, help her in, in her. I think the best way to just say is what do I need to do to release her and have you answer it from that standpoint. Okay, really good. So, um, so first of all, do I have permission from you to talk about this at a deeper level? Yes, you do. Okay, so your mom's in a transition, and it's, it's, it's difficult because, you know, you've been with her every step of the way. How many years have you been involved in this transition with your mother? Uh, she moved in with us um, in 2013. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. So, um, seven years. Right. Okay. Okay. And so during that time, have you put your hopes, your wishes, your dreams um, in some way or another? Have you had to sort of put them on hold or not make them the priority in some way? I would say that's true. I've had to change my hopes and dreams around. Okay. Okay. Good. Thank you for being direct and being honest about this question. So... Do you have an agreement with your mother, yourself, and another family member that it's the three of you against the world? Is it the three of you who can take on the world, survive the world, and make the world a better place for each of you by honoring the connection between the three of you? Yes, that's absolutely true. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. So... So now this becomes very, very difficult. 
do you do you see now that you can't ask your mother to take on your life and she can't ask you to die for her and so now the um the connection, the commitment, and the obligation of the three of you against the world, like the three musketeers, has now concluded. Everybody has fulfilled every aspect of that contract. And you owe nothing more. Your mother owes nothing more. And um, the other family member owes nothing more. Um, in this way, everybody has, has done their part, and everybody is free. So the question becomes, what happens for you as a person when you no longer have to fulfill that contract with your mother? Well, to a great extent, I become my own person, or probably okay. the first time in my life. Okay. Another deep breath from me because, wow, that's great honesty. So just, just not attaching anything like good or bad, just looking at it for what it is. Do you think that in some way or another you could be holding on to your mother remaining so that you can delay that process, not not consciously, maybe unconsciously, the fear of actually having to do purely your own life. Oh, wow. You know, um, as much as I would like to say, oh, no, I would say uh-huh. that's probably very true. Okay. I, 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 would, I have to say that's probably very true. Uh-huh. On both, um, you know, on a spiritual level, on a on a psychological level, and on a physical level, you know, it's uh-huh. I've grown used to having her in my house. I've grown used to having caregivers running around. I've grown used to changing everything around so that so that we can have a life that wraps around her. And if she dies or when she dies, which will happen, I don't know when, but it will happen, then the house becomes empty with just my husband and I. It's just the two of us. Okay. And that's, you know, this is huge. So, yeah, it's on, it's on all levels that that, I think, is true. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you for being validating. So what would be the consequence for you as a person today are you hurt? Are you angry? Are you disappointed? Are you, are you sad because you have to now do your own life and your mom, everybody, everybody in this world, you know, they all get out of this bargain any way they can and how they choose to get out. We don't really understand a person until we watch how they choose to let go of this earthly bond. And so you have an interesting opportunity here because your mom's all set to go and you want her to pass in her sleep. And so if you're ready, if you're truly ready, then you simply sit down with her and you talk to her and you tell her, you've done everything for me. You tell her all the things she did for you, all the promises she fulfilled for you. You tell her the things that you wish you had done with her and you wish you had told her and then you give her permission to depart, not because it's what you want, because you want your mother to live forever, but because your mom is remaining here, connected to the planet, in order to honor her agreement with you. And it's sad for me to say that to you, but that is why your mother remains, is to honor her agreement with you. I, um, th- that really resonates as true to me. And I appreciate that you've given me this opportunity to think about it. Um, and actually, you've given me a permission of something I've been thinking about doing, of telling her that it's okay. Yeah. Um, I think that that's really important for me to do. Even if she doesn't pass away, like, immediately afterwards, I need to let mm-hmm. her know. I, I think um, this is a good 
call for me to make. Thank you very much, and thank you for going deep. Thanks for being genuine. Thanks for being authentic, and thank you for um, accepting um, a message, which is hard for me to deliver, but I believe it is in your best interest for me to give you that information. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. Okay. Okay. Um, That was a great reading, and I want to do a short sort of, if you would like to call in, the phone number into the show is area code 206-806-9965. And you are listening to Suzanne Wyman, and I call myself the Deep Psychic, and I am doing the Deep Psychic Readings. You can contact me at thedeeppsychicreading at gmail.com. Or you can call me at 714-400-7384. And you can look at my webpage, which is called The Best Party Psychic Ever. And I was talking about the fact that I had worked as a party psychic for so long, and I realized that I spent a lot of time, money, and energy into educating myself into the deeper work, and I was not using any of it, and I needed to transition out. And it was a difficult decision for me because... Working as a party psychic is an ideal situation in that you do readings, you get paid well for it. It's very intense, but it's also extremely short. So, um, but I think the universe had a different idea for me because I really love the deeper reading. So if we have somebody else that would like to call in and get a short reading, I'm all set for another reading. Okay, nobody there. Okay, so... Um, let's talk about another um, method of divination that I use, and that is, is that I was taught by my grandmother how to read feet, and then I went to a psychic academy, and I uh, learned how to read palms through teaching them how to read feet. So hands and feet connect together, and uh, their body markings. There's three schools on palmistry. There's Indian, uh, Chinese, and what is called Western. One of the great uh, palmistry individuals alive today is a man by the name of Richard Unger, who has the Hand Analysis Institute in Sausalito, California. Reading feet is a more popular item in India. Uh, It just holds the chronic information in your body. Your footprint from the time you're born until the day you die changes so little that we can identify an individual based on that newborn footprint that is put onto a birth certificate. Palms change a lot. Fingerprints fade. And so it is not the same sort of information. Okay? So I'm waiting for another person to join on. And... Um, I'm just uh, leaving the line open for anybody who would like to call in and get a deeper psychic reading, and that's where I'm at at this point in time. So, hello, hello. <laughs> Hi, this is Julia. Hi, Julia. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Really good. So, do you have a question for me today? Um, you know, I didn't know if you wanted to do a deep dive from your own impressions or if you prefer questions. I'd like, to, I'd like to talk about what your question is about. I like it to be more focused, if you don't mind. Okay. okay. Well, I've, I've been resistant to change. I know I need to change. I need to, there's a lot of things I would like to do, but when it comes time to doing it, I... I don't. <laughs> point okay. blank, I don't. So, uh, I like that. Yeah, I need that sort of point blank, um, direct, um, say it like you see it kind of feeling within yeah. you. So, Ju- it's, it's Julia, right? Or Julie? Yes, Julia. Uh-huh. Okay. And just, just tell me what the weather is like in your area today. Um, actually, kind of cool. It's... Um, you know, I live in Florida, so we've been having a little bit of a cold snap going through. So, had a little bit of a rain earlier, a light mist, but just kind of that 
damp cold. So. Okay. So what do I, I, I I'm going to tell you, you say that you have a lot of difficulty making change. And after we um, sort of expose everything, the procrastination, um, the delays, and the explanations of what's going on for you in your life, it always comes down to the fact that you have a lot of fear about the unknown. And so, and, and this is okay for me to talk deeply with you like this. Is that okay with you? Yes. Okay. So everybody wants to believe that they somehow or another can have the knowledge to know what's going to happen in their life. And the truth of the matter is, is that we don't. We, we, we take and we do very practical things on a daily basis and ordinary things in our life in order to assume that things are going to go along a certain way. But when the opportunity for change arrives, it's kind of an interesting thing. You have to be so willing to embrace it because that change or that opportunity to make a change may not come along again. But you have sort of tried to create this structure of safety around you and the reward of safety, and forgive me for saying it like this, is safety. So I would say, this is what I would say about you, and and you have a choice if you want to affirm this or not, but your life was difficult growing up, and so there wasn't a lot of structure, there wasn't a lot of predictability, there wasn't a lot of stability, and there was a lot of fear. And so to compensate for that, you create a lot of safety for yourself in the world. In fact, you've made decisions in your life based on the fact of whether or not safety would serve you. And now you've sort of woken up, come out of the dream, come out of the haze, and you're looking at that and you're saying, maybe there is more to life than just being afraid to make a change. Yes, I agree with that. Okay. So let's just, real quick, tell me what's one change you'd like to make today. It doesn't have to be a big one. It can be something really small like changing where your desk is located in your home or changing how you hang up uh, your clothes in your closet. Choose something very small with me now and let's go to work on just changing that one thing and you'll get up the next day and you'll see that your world is still safe and good and it will make you feel strong enough to make more changes as you go along. Um, Getting rid of some stuff that I don't need. I've done a lot of purging like the last six months of last year, but as I look around, I still have stuff. You know, okay. and it's not like good stuff that, you know, it's like, oh, I'm excited to have that in my space. It's just kind of uh-huh. like I look and it's like, oh, I need to do something about that. Okay. So um, generally generally speaking, um, have you been a hoarder before? I think since my divorce, I, I kind of use like going to the thrift store as my like what do they call it? Uh, Your therapy? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> essentially. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, retail um, therapy, that's it, yes. Retail therapy, okay. So I, I laugh because um, the secondhand store makes it super easy because it's cheap. Not only is yes. it, like, plentiful, but it's cheap. So $20 at the secondhand store can give you hours of entertainment. Um, so here's what you're going to do. You're not going to tell yourself, I'm getting rid of stuff. You're going to tell yourself, I'm willing to enter into the flow. I'm willing to enter into the flow of life. So I often see after somebody has um, ended a relationship, and obviously this was at one point or another a romantic and sexual relationship, I often find that what you're still really hurt about based on what you're holding on to is you're really hurt about um, not having a sex life. And so you comfort yourself by bringing these things home. And they're not what you really want, but momentarily, for a split second, they give you that comfort. And so you're not going to get rid of anything. You're simply going to take these items and enter them into the flow, okay? And you're going to take and you're going to donate them. If you bought them at the Goodwill, you're going to donate to the Salvation Army. You're going to donate them to another secondhand store 
or do a posting and give them away for free. But you are not getting rid of your stuff. You are putting this stuff into the flow. If you do this, I assure you that you will find somebody who will begin to meet your needs for company and for romance and for a sexual connection. Okay? That's what this um, holding on is about. And um, it does sound like your early life sort of set you up to have this pattern in a relationship. Forgive me for being that direct. All right. I'm good with it. <laughs> Tell it like it is, girl. <laughs> I, I can't help it. I just can't help it. But I'm so glad you can laugh about it. But um, don't, don't delay this feeling. Just really enjoy the feeling. Go in there and take a plastic bag or a paper sack. I don't care what you take, an old laundry bag or a pillowcase, and just fill it up and put it by the door and just Keep doing it until you run out of energy. But you're not getting rid of anything. You're putting things into the flow so you can have a relationship come into your life to really fill this void in a real tangible way. All right. Sounds All good right. to me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. have, a, have a good day. Thanks. Aww. You too. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. Gosh, it's so nice to hear somebody laugh and enjoy it. It's so sometimes when somebody just says to you directly what you need to hear, it it frees you up and it makes it possible for you to laugh and have a sense of enjoyment about the fact that you can <coughs> face this difficulty or this um, obstacle or this thing that's holding you back, and you get a lot of freedom. So. Um, I kind of have a direct way of doing my readings and talking to people. I, I often have been told that I just say it like it is. And so I had to learn how to say things very directly and convey the material, but at the same time not say it in such a way that they ended up feeling offended or closed off. The energy of a psychic is limited. It's, um, it's not limited in the sense of, like, limitations of a building, but there's a certain amount of energy in a situation, and I never have to work for psychic energy. Uh, I was born psychic, and I have the markers on my hands, on my feet, and um, open third eye at birth. So I was born with my third eye open, which is kind of an interesting story because Tina Turner has spent a lot of time and energy trying to figure out how she could open that. And there used to be a method that was done, but I don't think anybody does, and I think it's been more than a century since anybody's even been taught how to do it. So the third eye being open, there are people that have their third eye open for a split second, and they have an experience or they're born with their third eye open, or they go through some sort of a transformation and their third eye is open. When we talk about the third eye, the third eye is sitting right there in your forehead, and it, it gives you a ton of psychic information. You don't have to work for it. So often there are things that I can see or feel in a situation that I don't have an explanation for. I'm not going to go into that restaurant. I'm not going to go to that location. Um, just limits like that. Or being able to spot somebody who, you know, I need to keep my distance from. Carolyn Mays goes into a lot of conversation about what happens when people use their chakras. They walk in and they scan a room. And I've been hearing a lot of people that I'm meeting in my psychic readings for when I do uh, large parties that people come and they show up and they say, what do you read about me? What do you get off me? And it's such a general remark. It doesn't really fine-tune my energy. And I know that they want to appear to be knowledgeable and see if uh, I will perceive them as educated people who understand something about the psychic world. But it really is kind of difficult. So... I love it when people step forward, just like Julia did, and said, this is my question, this is my issue. And in this way, I get to go to work in a way that's very clear. So I don't agree to guessing games. I don't agree to pop quizzes. 
I don't agree to people showing up and asking me to tell me their name. My standard reply to that is, is why, you don't know your own name. And it comes back to the point that I started with, which is, is that psychic energy is to be conserved, and I don't use my psychic energy to answer questions that people already know the answer to because I think that that is just a waste of energy. And that might be kind of an opinionated remark for other people that are listening to this, but um, psychic energy has a purpose and it has an application, and using it with wisdom in order to assist people through difficulties seems to me a wise use of my energy rather than allowing myself to take and create um, entertainment for an individual in a momentary process. So this is what I do. This is all I've ever done, actually. My grandmother taught me how to read feet, and that sort of started me out. And then I went into learning how to do past life regressions, prenatal regressions, and then I learned to read tarot cards. Reading tarot cards could be called archetype work because it's the same process. A human being learns the stages of the various archetypes simply by living life. And I believe the quote is from Carl Jung, but I could be wrong. And Carl Jung says that if you left a person in solitary confinement with a deck of cards, they would understand each one of those archetypes at a deeply personal level. Okay? So that is the idea of uh, tarot cards. And I've always been able to interpret dreams, and I went to school for it. I studied with Alex Lukman for just over a year, and it was an amazing experience. So I've always been a natural at doing dream interpretation, and that is perhaps my greatest area of expertise, effortless, easily, and uh, moves very quickly. So I'm ready for another caller. Is there somebody out there who'd like to call and talk to me and get a really deep reading? Okay, let's see who shows up. Nobody showed up. Okay, let's see what goes on here. Uh, you take and do another little prompt here and see what we have going on. Okay. Okay. So, hello. Hello. This is um, who? Who am I? Who do I have on the phone? Katharina. Hi, Katharina. How are you? Good. Really good. Thanks for calling. Do you have a question for me? Um, I think I don't have a specific question. I think I'm just pretty open to hearing what you're saying. I listened to the previous caller and it sounded like you gave her some good advice. Hi, how can I help you today? As a McDonald's employee, you say those words quite often. But how about when you need help, like consulting a doctor? Hi, how can I help you today? When you work for a McDonald's restaurant, we take care of you like family with free virtual doctor's visits, including getting prescriptions and refills for you and everyone in your family. Apply today at careers.mcdonalds.com and find out more. The benefits described herein are only available at participating restaurants. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your Quarter Pounder. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. I used to get into the flow of her life. And so uh, maybe just a similar question. What do you think? Uh, what do you see that I need to kind of move forward with my, my goals in life? Okay. Would you like to talk about relationship issues? Uh, if that's what you think is most important, relationship or work issues are pretty much primary focus in my life these days. Good. Really good. Those are, those are good things. Okay, so describe to me the weather in your area today. Uh, it's sunny, pretty, it's, I mean, it's chilly for California, it's in the 70s here, but it's uh, sunny and a little bit of clouds in the sky. Okay. So I think that you are somebody who is always the nurturer, the caretaker, the individual who takes and comes into a situation and wants to make everybody feel good and you want everybody to feel nurtured and to reach their potential, and that you often, not always, but often take and have put other people's needs in front of your own, and so now you're in a growth cycle. 
where you're learning how to take and put your needs first, because you are first, and take care of people from that position. So I'm sure you've done some work and some study on this, but talk about the subtle shift, and I'm going to pose the question to you. If I was a person and I put other people's needs first, and I'm not talking about like codependent behavior, but it could be codependent behavior, I'm talking about an individual who puts other people first. When really we place ourselves first and then we take care of other people, it's a subtle remark, but what would be the benefit of taking care of yourself and putting yourself first and then taking care of other people rather than just putting other people first? I guess I always think of the uh, analogy of pouring from an empty cup. You can't pour from an empty cup or you can't, um, you know, squeeze blood from a turnip, that type of a thing, where you kind of have to have your own vitality and your own energy and resources in order to share and give to others. Okay. Now, good. That's very, very true. When we give to ourselves first, we have more to give in the long run because we've taken care of ourselves. And so what becomes the benefit at first, the people that you're closest to um, hold sort of a little rebellion and it's like, well, what do you mean you're changing the rules here and you're not doing it the way you used to do it? But then afterwards, when you model this experience to them, what do they do in return for you? What do they give you in return? Um, I think acknowledgement and yes. appreciation. Yes. Yes. And so if you feel acknowledged and you feel appreciated, then you can give more deeply and you can give to what you really want to give to. So can you think of somebody who you gave to in a relationship where it was just like pouring energy into a black hole? I, I have had that problem far too many times in my life, but can you think of an example that you're healing from at the moment of where you just put energy into a black hole and nothing came back out? Um, sure. I mean, I think most of my romantic relationships have been that way, but especially with my ex-husband, um, you know, we kind of grew up together being college sweethearts, but, um, you know, pouring myself into helping him succeed in his career, it wasn't returned and there wasn't, um, good communication between us as we kind of move towards our career goals okay. and, our, and our family goals. Okay. That's good. Thanks for being open about that. So now when you look back at that, what is it that you're the most angry about in that situation? Because you are angry about it. It hurts. Uh, I feel I'm still angry about the time that it took for me. Um, I was ready to start a family, and I feel like it took, uh, you know, good childbearing years for me. Uh So do you believe a power greater than you intervened and prevented you from uh, being involved in a dynamic that would have ultimately been very destructive, not only for you, but for any of the children you brought into that situation? Oh, yes. It was you know, a much, it was a clean and pretty easy divorce that we had no children or um, big assets involved. And um, yeah, I think it was just, I didn't realize the the drain on constantly encouraging someone to follow their dreams and they weren't ready to follow their dreams. Right, right. Great insight. Really great insight. But the second part of the equation that you still have to to work a little bit towards, and I say this to you from a place of love, um, is the fact that you have to realize that you came out of that situation the best possible unscathed. And if you truly believe that, you know that there will be time to have a family, have children, and still have that experience, but that won't be taken from you it just has been taken at a different time. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's something I have to constantly remind myself. So that's a good mantra to just hold that everything kind of works out in the way that it's supposed to, that we're being guided. So I like that. That's sometimes hard for me to remember being that all my friends are kind of at that age where they're creating their own families. And I'm not at that stage quite yet. Okay. Okay. Well, I do see that your first child is a boy. You don't have any difficulty getting pregnant. And that um, you can actually have four children if you so choose. It's up to you. There's free will in that. But you can have four children. And there is nothing wrong with your fertility. It's absolutely perfect. And you um, you have a few years in front of you. And today with technology, I guess you have like another, I don't know, you have a lot of years in front of you. So it's not a worry. Just concentrate on yourself building the life you want. Okay. Okay. Thank you mm-hmm. so much for calling. Thank, Thank okay. you. Thank you. Having a family at the right time with the right person, uh, bringing a child who's loved, wanted, accepted and spiritually brought into its spiritual family gives a child a stronger foundation and it gives the child a place of feeling loved and understood. It's a profound process. It's a very deep process. And today women have so many choices about when they have children. It's, it's a brand new world brand new set of decisions that go with it, but it is a brand new world. So, and I want to thank my last caller for taking and being honest, being open, being receptive, and being willing to do the work that's necessary in order to take herself to the next place of uh, where she wants to go in her life. So it was a really good call, and I enjoyed it very much. And thank you for calling. Thank you very much. Have we got anybody else who's going to call in? I'm just going to sit here and listen for a second. No. Okay. So I think that I was talking about... Hello? Hello? Who's this? Hello? This is Kim. Hey, Kim. How are you? I am good. How are you? Oh, really good. Thank you for calling me today. Oh, you're you're certainly welcome. Uh, congratulations on your new show. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you so much. Um, so, are you on the road today? Are you are you calling me in between a couple of different things right here? I am working, but I'm at home in my own office, so I am not calling you. You know, on the road. Fabulous. So, um, did you, did you, well, first of all, um, you're, you're one of my, you're one of my favorite people. You were raised in an environment where you, you know, you saw your mom go to the psychic and you were raised in an environment where you saw these things from an early age. You're more open, more receptive, and more of an individual who uses the tools of going and seeing different types of psychics in order to help yourself with life problems. Uh, you've had great yep. benefits in using psychics in order to help your um, one daughter who didn't believe she would ever have children. I know. How wonderful that worked out, huh? <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. I love it. I do, um, too. I do, too. <clears throat> do, you have a, do you have a question for me today? I actually do, Suzanne. Oh, good. I, um, I have this pattern in my last relationship, which was a long-term relationship, where I kept going back and saying, even though it was so detrimental to me, both physically and mentally, and it took me so long to leave, and I'm just trying to figure out why, because I don't feel that I have low self-esteem or anything, but it seems like um, I don't understand why it took me 18 years to leave that that math. Okay. Okay. A plus for honesty, and thank you for asking this question because I think there's many men and women in uh, life in general that stay in a relationship long past the time 
where they know it's time to go. It's just it's done. It's not it's mm-hmm. not that person is bad or you're bad. It's just the relationship is no longer working. So um, I think one of the one of the best observations I've heard made is is that people are what they are, and they come into a relationship and they remain being who they are. They don't actually change. Uh, they might they might have different areas of their life that are more successful, or they might have different parts of themselves that feel more secure. But who and what they authentically really are does not change. And so. That's my first question with you is that growing up, did you see um, your parents or your grandparents stay in a relationship that they should have just let go of? They should have just allowed to dissolve in a very natural way. Did you observe this in your own family? I did not in my grandparents or my parents. However, I've had three major relationships in my life, and they have all been the same type of person. Um, the same thing. Okay. Um, So so you've had three and it's been the same person. So is that person more like your mother or is that person more like your father? I would say that person was probably more like my father. Okay. And when your father ended his relationship with your mother... Yes, he did. And, And... yeah, he did, and I had a relationship, a close relationship with him and my stepfather, but I think I take most of my relationship advice from my stepfather, who was a very good man and not anything like my real father. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> um, we're going we're gonna, to, um, good or bad. Okay, so when you're, uh, one, part of, one part of your story, forgive me for this, but I'm going to kind of put a, a fine point on this one, your parents, your parents ended your relation, their relationship, and then your father moved right down the street from your mother, so she couldn't really get on with her life because she knew he was right there. So he didn't really let go of her, right? Um, he, well, yes, he was right down the street, so he could be closer to the kid. <laughs> and, and, um, so he said, um, yeah. Yeah, he did. And then, in order for your mom, because. You know, I mean, everybody's had a relationship that's ended, and when the relationship ends, you don't want to keep seeing that person all the time. No, no. You don't want to run to the grocery store, the restaurant. I mean, you run into them when you're driving down the street. But if somebody is right there on the same street as you live on, there's just no way to avoid them. So what did your mom do to get away from him? Because she had to get away from him physically in order to have her own life. It was good for the children to be close by, but it wasn't necessarily good for her. So what did she do? She she moved, right? Well, but, well, well, actually, by the time they had lived close to each other, they were both remarried. Um, so I don't know that they were trying to hold on. I do think that they had a lot of hatred for each other. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I am so sorry to laugh like that, but... Um, no, it's, it's true. It was funny. There was one time when my mother, he walked in front of the car, and my mom said, it's all I can do not to run him over. I remember that. Um, okay. So, yeah. Okay. So, okay, so that is your complicated issue. So even when I talk to you about it, it's kind of complicated for you to see how the relationship um, could be ended and how it actually was ended and the day-to-day little dramas, and I'm going to call them little because it doesn't matter if they're big or little, they're still the dramas of the day. Um, it, wasn't a clean, it wasn't a clean situation. It, was, it had a lot of mess to it. It had a lot of drama and it had a lot of complicated pieces. And so I think that's kind of what you do when you take and you try to get yourself emotionally, mentally, physically to the place of ending the relationship, it's that it's, 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 it's complicated, it's messy, it's, it's, not, it's not a clean parting of the ways. Okay? No. So, <laughs> I, like no. I, I, no. I like that. I got to tell you, that is the best um, no I have ever heard from no. you. I, I love it's it. Not, no. it. 
It's a very com- it's always complicated and messy, yes. And and filled with all sorts of little unpredictable elements. Yes. Okay. okay. So um so would you say, if you were to look at it objectively, would you say that you choose a person who you neither attach to nor disengage? Some people say it's a love-hate relationship, but I think of it more of an attachment disorder where you can't actually fully attach yourself to the person because that's too scary, and you can't truly fully leave from the person because that's not what you want. And so you create this push-pull, complicated, neither there nor apart dynamic. I think that's probably correct, Suzanne. You know, you once said to me that I choose people I can walk away with without being hurt too bad, and... I think that's definitely true in the case of my last relationship. I think in all of them, actually. Yeah. Okay. I, I, great, great epiphany. Great epiphany to own that piece of your Yeah, I, I didn't get it when you said it, but I thought about it. Um, a lot of things you've said to me I don't agree with, but I agree with <laughs> later. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's true. Um, it's, unfortunately, it's true because I don't see it myself. Um, but, yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. Oh, thank you. So that is part of the process of working with somebody who sees you in a way that you don't necessarily see yourself. Now, a, there's a lot of bliss bunnies out there for psychics, a lot of bliss bunnies, and you're very familiar with different types of psychics, and you go to these psychics, and they fill you with a lot of bliss, and you feel like a hopped-up little bunny, and you leave out of there, and you're like, yes, 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 yes. But then that feeling sort of dissipates, and then you go back and you get another bliss bunny um, wind up, and back you go. I'm not a bliss bunny um, psychic. I'm a person who really tells you how I see it, and I don't really um, put a lot of stake into the fact that it might be difficult. Um, If you wanted that kind of reading, you could go someplace else and get that kind of reading all day long. But if you come to me, you're coming because you want an authentic reading because you really want to make the changes in your life in order to have a better quality of life. And it's not, it's a great comment from you to say that at the time you disagree, but later on when you think about it, it connects you to it. Uh, That's definitely true. I I don't want a blitz bunny, as you call them. I can do that myself. I do want somebody to point out what... What I'm not seeing, because I tend to look at things, you know, with rose-colored glasses, and that doesn't help for healing or moving forward or, you know, just figuring it out. It doesn't help. Yeah. So so currently you have a relationship with somebody who you've ended the relationship, and Mm -hmm. um, the person does not hear the information where you say, we've ended our relationship, we're all finished. They don't hear that. No, they don't. Okay. So I'm going to ask you, is there, anything that, is there anything that you would like to tell this person? You don't have to tell it to me out loud unless you want to. Is there anything that you would like to tell this person so that they are truly free to walk away because my feeling at this point in time is is that this person that you are ready to finalize your connection with doesn't know how to walk away. They maybe know how to walk away for a little while, but then they just walk right back up to the door, knock on the door and say, okay, I'm ready to continue where we left off. So That's exactly what happens. And I think the problem is over 18 years, it was so on again, off again, on again, off again, that they just figured that when I left last time, that it was just another of me being, you know, hysterical or a woman, and I just needed time, and they would just throw back in like nothing happened. So I think that's just a pattern we had in the relationship, and they don't get that, well, this time it actually snapped something, you know, it's kind of, that's it. Okay, good. They don't. So now I want, tell me, is there anything you have left to say to this person? Is there anything you have left to say to this person? I regret the following. I can't forgive you the following. Um, I don't have it in me to 
um, be the person I was for you? Is there anything like that that you need to say to this person to set yourself free from this relationship? You know, you don't have I to don't, be mean I, I, I actually did that um, like a month and a half ago. One of the times uh-huh. he came to over, I actually laid everything out and just everything you're asking me to say I said to him. And I felt, um, you know, like I don't really believe in closure, but I believe that that was closure for me. But it didn't seem to work for him. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take and I'm going to make a giant assumption here that this person has become, has lost part of his uh, mental uh, faculties and he's not clear in his thinking any longer. And he doesn't actually know why he returns to you. He actually just returns to you out of habit, repetition, and that's it. So I think the thing that you need to do is that you need Okay. So I think you just really need to realize you're all finished, but because, because you have seen this pattern and lived this pattern throughout your life for so long, you cannot convince him of anything else. So I want you to simply, when, when he does show up again, tell him, you know, this isn't your place anymore. You just don't belong here and be nice. And, and you might have to actually, it might be uncomfortable. You might have to tell him, you know, look, I've I got to make arrangements and give you a ride back home, but this isn't your place anymore. And, and treat him like he is somebody who's very, very wounded. But inside of yourself, I want you to tell yourself that, doing the right thing by this person, because I don't think he has much time left, is the right thing to do. And later on, it will become clear why he felt connected and able to return to your door, even though the relationship has ended. So it is not a real relationship. It's sort of a, um, it's more of a pattern or something that he, he repeats in a very unconscious state, you guys mm-hmm. fulfilled your contract. I, I agree with all that, yeah. Okay. You've fulfilled your contract. Yeah. You have been the best for him. You've done everything that you can do. And um, he doesn't actually know how to live, and that doesn't have anything to do with you. That has to do with himself. And right. And you, you feel a sense of regret because you can see that he actually doesn't really know how to live at this point. Right. I do. I wish I could. I wish I could have helped him, but it, I can't. I I gave it eighteen years. I can't. Well, maybe maybe you did give him a life. Maybe that was the absolute maximum amount of life that he could accept. Was what you two did together. So yeah. you're thinking yeah, he could have he, he could have been better, or he could have been different. Obviously, we're winding down here at this point in time in his life. That really was his best, and those really were his most stable, functional years. And there is a sort of a sadness to that when you realize that he doesn't, he's not even really aware of why he comes to your doors because that's what he always did, and that's why he does it. It's nothing to yeah. do with you. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Well, I want to tell you thank you very much. You don't happen to have a dream you'd like to do? I do have a dream, but I'm almost afraid to share it because it's another broken down car, and it seems to be a pattern with me. <laughs> Come on, be brave. Okay. Please. Okay, okay. Do it. I know. Let me let me get my dream book, and I um I will tell it to you. But all my dreams lately seem to be with a broken down car. And it's like, oh, no. Okay. That's okay. Okay, here's the dream. Okay. You want me to just read the whole thing? Is it short? It's, um, It's not too long, no. Okay, good. Let's go. My car broke down at a park in Monterey Park. I walked to the near... Oh, okay. You want me to stop? (laughs) <laughs> okay. Um, do you get it? I get that my car, the car is like my journey, and it's kind of broken down at this point. I don't get the Monterey Park part. Just say the first sentence again. Just say the first sentence. My car broke down at a park in Monterey Park. Okay. 
So it's not about the car being broken down. It's about the fact that you have the car parked. Okay? No. Oh. Okay. 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 It's about the cars being parked. The car might be broken down. Um, but you know, we 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 um, we live our life, and hopefully, we live our life fully. And sometimes, you know, the car isn't you know spotless and shiny. I wouldn't want a spotless, shiny car. When I got to the age of you know whatever, my car is going to show little dings and dents. That's my body. Okay, so your car is your body, and so but you've got your car in park, and that's mm-hmm. what it is. That's what the the whole dream is now going to relate to the fact that you have your car parked and you're not willing to get in the car and make it move again. You got to take the car out of park and let the car enter into the stream of life, enter into consciousness and enter into the process. This is not your life is not over. It's not time for you to park the car. It's time for you to continue to engage. Okay. Yeah, well that is a different take than I had on it, but so that's good. I like that. Okay, go ahead and read the rest of it, and we'll we'll finish okay. out we'll finish this out with you doing the dream. I love it. Okay, um, I walked to the nearest shops to make phone calls. One of the shops was a beauty shop, and I went in and got a little makeover with self tanning and contouring. It turned out so great that I was helping them do everybody else in the shop. Okay. I then called AAA. Oh. Okay, so that means that obviously you're helping other people with the things that they need help with in their life. So you're helping to raise your grandchildren at this point? Well, I'm not helping. Yeah, a little, yes. I have one that lives here every other week, a 13-year-old, and then I help out with the other, yeah. You are helping a lot with raising your grandchildren, and they are they are the product of the beauty of your life. They are the part that you feel the very highest level of energy and your spiritual energy is the highest in that area of your life. Yes, I would agree with that. That's the part that you would say was the most beautiful. It is. It's the, it brings me the most joy in the world. Okay, I'm down to my last minute, and thank you, thank you, thank you, Kimberly, for calling, and we'll finish that dream off the air. Great. Thank you, Suzanne. Okay. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. All right. What a great podcast. Thank you, everybody who called in. I really enjoyed you. You were um, open, honest, and willing and you're welcome to call me or contact me. My information is Suzanne Wyman, and you can, let me take out my piece of paper, because I guess I don't, ah, the deep psychic reading at gmail.com, or you can call me at 714-400-7384. You can read about me on my webpage, www.bestpartypsychicever.com. And once again, everybody who called in and shared their story with me and um, was open with me, I want you to know I really appreciate you. I appreciate your authentic process and your willingness to make public uh, your information in order to help other people heal. And everybody who listened today is included in that comment. And I will be back next week. Thank you very much. Don't want the fun to end? Grab more refreshments, then head over to Goldilocks Productions' YouTube channel. With over 950 archive shows, the fun doesn't have to end. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.